0: Welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Girard, joined as usual by my co host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We've got uh, LSU's game against Alabama to go into. Uh, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible, or at least we don't think so. I um, mean, the Tigers did lose 55-17, to which is quite Quite the spread, uh, but I don't know. I I feel like we can get into this a little bit, but I feel like it's at least better than twenty nine to zero or or some other stuff that we've seen. But uh, we'll talk about that. We also have the uh, the Tigers' upcoming game against Florida to get into. Uh, we might have some recruiting news. We might have some before this, you know, before the end of the, the end of the pod too, with with how quickly it drops sometimes. Uh, and oh, uh, LSU basketball had two games this week this past week we'll get into that as well uh before we do want to check in with you guys the co-host see how you uh see how y'all fared this weekend other than the uh you know the ultimate game results of course but uh i I know you probably you're still are you are you through the thanksgiving leftovers are you are you on to making new stuff now? yeah
1: okay yeah uh, i mean i yeah the thanksgiving leftovers went pretty quickly for me and now just kind of counting down the days till, till, uh, you know, get that little Christmas break, which is always nice. So, and it's got, you know, you said, uh, LSU lost 55, 17, but it, it seemed a little bit better than we thought. Isn't it great that we can lose 55 to 17 and be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> always a good time.
2: Yeah. But feeling the Christmas spirit a little bit, we got the nice tree up here at the, uh, the house and some decorations. So that's good. Yep. I went to the game on Saturday for a little while, stayed through the first half. <laughs> a what a committed fan. Oh, yes, uh, for the fairy weather fan. But it, it was actually pretty nice uh, to start with. It wasn't too cold, and then there was a lot of energy there. The crowd was um, good for what it was. Um, it looks like to be more than the South Carolina or the Missouri games. And then the, the student section was getting rowdy. Unfortunately, Bama quieted us pretty quick. I think they were out to 21-0 to 0 in the first quarter. And then the energy kind of died down a little bit with the temperature there and called it a day after Devontae Smith ran up and down on us. But uh, it was good to go, I guess. And so now we can say we hold the record for the worst and the second worst loss ever by a defending national champion.
1: Wow. Well, you know, um, also, Scott, me and Daniel went on Friday to uh, the Catholic High versus Rummel high school playoff game. Uh And we saw a guy um well this isn't really recruiting but it's like you know check out wait just watch out for upcoming years this uh running back for Rummels, name's logan diggs and he's like a i think he's a three-star daniel's looking him up right now he's a three-star right yeah on uh 247 he's a hard commit to notre dame but like i don't know you know i guess it's always different when you're watching like high school because you, like you don't know how they're gonna play out when they get to college but like to me he looks legit like a I mean, I think, I think he was underrated. I feel like he could be playing for LSU when you, when you look at the way that he was running in high school versus the way that, you know, some of, some of our, our, I mean, we haven't had really a reliable run game this entire year. I mean, I know it's a little bit different, but he was tall. He was fast. He, he lower shoulder. He could run. He, he was incredibly good laterally um, which I was a little bit surprised about, and then of course he had like great breakaway speed and and could uh, hit the hole real well. All a great all around back, and I think he's going to be a really good addition. You'll probably hear his name a lot um, in the coming years, maybe not next year, but at least in two years at Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, and it was a fun fun game to watch. Um, Catholic kind of came from behind to win. I think it was forty two to thirty five. So a high scoring affair, a lot of offense, and it was kind of cool to see some of those uh, prospects that uh, people have been talking about. So
0: uh this this uh, running back you're talking about, um would is there someone you can compare him to? Like would you say he's of the caliber of uh Leonard Fournette or Darius Geis? Or is he more like no. uh, someone else? Like you said he's tall and lean, like is he he's, more like- a, he's a bigger he was a bigger back. What's his – like the Derrick Henry maybe?
2: Yeah, he's listed as six foot one ninety five. He wasn't like as explosive as those guys you listed. He reminded me a little bit of almost like Steven Ridley-esque runner um, from a few years back because I actually saw him play in high school way back in the day because um, the school he went to played against the school that Tommy and I went
1: to uh, so that was kind of cool but yeah yeah but but when Ridley played I mean he was the entire team he played when Ridley played in high school he played quarterback and nose guard and he would he would just you know, he was the fastest guy on the field by a mile. So they just put him on the nose and as immediately as the ball snapped, like he was gone and nobody could, nobody could, uh, you know, center couldn't even keep up. Um, So that's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that as far as like, you know, comparables, um, I'm trying to think of like a guy in the NFL though.
2: I mean we don't have to muse yeah. on this for for that long. We can
0: I'll, I'll I'll think about I'll get back to you Scott. I'll I'll think. About okay. It. Fair enough. Uh well, uh you know be that as it, it may like uh, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on him. Maybe uh maybe the Tigers could uh convince him to stay home. Um I know uh Notre Dame has come down here and got some some good recruits before, but uh I don't know. I I think uh I don't know. I think we're at a point now, um, based on this season where Coach Yo is either, you know, like he's trying to defend his homeland or maybe it's I don't know if his if his woes could be used in recruiting, like, hey, we need you type of thing. Like that's that's why we're not winners. We need you. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh but like they definitely needed something else this past Saturday because the um Alabama, uh, you know, LSU has won some games this year where we thought, oh, that was just ugly. This one, I don't know, like like you guys kind of hinted to it. I didn't think it was that bad to begin with. Obviously, LSU seemed, you know, we'll say they were just overmatched. Other games, even though LSU didn't seem like they were in the game quite as much, I didn't feel like they were overmatched. I just didn't feel like they were up to the challenge maybe. Uh, But I feel like Alabama was definitely – overmatched uh, to, to LSU and you know you could just see you could just see you know like a, a championship pedigree type program going up against uh, you know a team that's still uh, this far into the season trying to, to find itself it seems um, but I don't know I, I think Alabama is probably gonna go on to to play for the, you know, the SEC title, obviously they, they clinched that uh, and possibly the national title, which, you know, they could do. Um, I don't know if there's any other team out there that looks, you know, really dominating, uh, at least in the way maybe Alabama has been, but the way I feel about it at least. And what I wanted to see was the Tigers, you know, just show some fight, show something. And for at least the first half, at least the first, you know, two scores, I feel like they did that. You know, uh, it, it looked like it was going to be the usual game where they just weren't going to do anything, but then all of a sudden, I don't know, uh, John Emery slices and dices through the defense and goes on a long run and gets a touchdown. And, uh, uh, you know, they had a, a nice passing touchdown too. So I, I thought, all right, uh, at least they're showing us something, right? Like they, they tried stuff and it's, you know, they, they're going against the formidable Alabama and it worked. Um, <laughs> they, they kind of shut it down pretty much after that though. Uh, I mean, Alabama pretty much made the adjustments they needed to and shut us down for the rest of the game. We did get a field goal, but, uh, I don't know. I felt like, you know, uh, some small victory, I guess, uh, what would you call it? A, um, moral victory. Thank you. It's a, it's a moral victory that our tigers showed something and, you know, they, they didn't get goose egged and, uh, we knew it was, they were going to be outmatched, but you know, at least they showed us something to begin with. And, uh, you know, I guess we can, uh, we can take that and move forward. It's <laughs> interesting because it's like,
1: you know, I watching a game, I was not, I was livid watching the Auburn game, watching the AM game. And I think those would, you know, but, but you probably say the Alabama loss might be a worse loss. I don't know. The Auburn loss is pretty bad, yeah. but, um, you know, they're all kind of the same, but I wasn't really that mad. I, I I think I agree with you, Scott. Like there's so much talent. I mean, there's, there's three people who you could, who you could arguably say contend for a Heisman. You know, it is a, there is a world where Devonte Smith gets a Heisman nod, you know, and, and he's maybe not wins it, but at least gets a nomination. Uh, Najee Harris, same thing. Mac Jones, I think he might win it. So I mean, when you're playing, you know, it's you are just outmatched. Um, It's interesting, you know. It feels like LSU put up a. a, It felt like a better fight against Alabama than they did against a And M, and a And M looked terrible when we played them. At least in my opinion, I don't. They didn't look like the number five team in the country.
2: Yeah, I think a little bit has to do with when we just did nothing against Auburn that's a team's like all right we could maybe beat this team like yeah. Alabama n- none of us were going in like all right we could win this game but Auburn like the hopes were at least a little I, think, bit I there. think some of us picked did, did we all pick us to beat Auburn I think yeah we might have all gone for LSU on that one and then AM, I think we picked against LSU but it yeah. was still like within the
1: realm of possibility and and there were so many missed opportunities felt like with this game there was like the one the very beginning the uh the fourth down that we like why didn't we get that fourth down? Yeah. But other than that, like, we got just – we just got whipped. Like, that, that was just it. Like, it wasn't that we – we didn't – you know, there were, there's always the whole thing, did you lose or did you get beat? We got beat. We didn't – you know, we didn't lose the game.
2: Right, because they didn't – they scored a touchdown, I'm pretty sure, on their first, like, five possessions or something. Yes. Like, they did, And then they kicked a field goal and then scored a touchdown. Like, they didn't punt until the second half. They scored
1: on, like, seven straight possessions. We were sitting here – you were already back. And, there were, and and the thing, William, I was like, oh, Alabama's first punt of the game. Oh,
2: yeah, I, I came back from the game. and I got here like halfway through the third quarter and like their punter like trotted out. And I was like, oh, there he goes for the first time. And that was after we had been
1: suffering the entire game. Well, and I think I saw some stat where it's like that. He's, uh, he's like the least used punter in America or something. You see Bro, that? Not a bad job to have.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, I, I noticed that. Towards the end of the half, it seemed like Alabama was trying to take their foot off the gas a little bit, you know, just to maybe give LSU, you know, a little bit of a nod for maybe last year or just, you know, respect for the whatever rivalry still exists. Uh, but LSU was like, no, 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 no. We want to see you score some more because you know, <laughs> Alabama punted. And then LSU punted like four plays later. And then Alabama punted again and LSU punted again. And was like, Alabama was like, all right, you know what? You don't want it. We'll take it. And then they ran down and scored. And it was 28 to nothing. So I, I, I don't know. It was just uh, I felt like Alabama didn't, you know, they, they they could have made it much worse, but they didn't. Uh, an LSU, yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's weird. They went for it on fourth and one, or no, fourth and inches, excuse me, fourth and inches. And they handed off to Ty Davis Price, which, uh, I don't know. To me, that again, that was just another throwback to the Les Miles days where it's like anybody would have seen that coming.
2: I was gonna say, that's the type of thing. If you want to beat Alabama, you like have to convert that at the start, and that kind of set the tone. Uh, no, that was, the game. Yeah, That was a huge, mo- I mean, yeah, because we were driving down, we were like picked up a couple first downs. The crowd was pretty hyped, and then it was kind of like the the first and goal at the one against Missouri, where you just knew, like for some reason, like we weren't going to get it. Yeah, and then you just watch it happen and it just deflates everybody. You're like, well whatever chance
1: we had like kind of evaporated in that instant well i remember watching watching that and kind of see we were kind of moving the ball pretty well and i was like oh my gosh like are we are we kind of competing like is this because there i mean there's there was a i think there's a world where uh we went on a fluke and you know alabama has their bad day we have our best day ever and um you know we win a close game something like that kind of like how you know ohio state for years would have the inexplicable loss to random big T- big 10 team that has no business playing with them you know it could happen um and so i thought man, wow maybe this maybe this is our day and then then we didn't convert on four on the fourth and inches and i was like yeah okay that's how it's gonna be so but again i think that um you think about how much we were missing in that game too, especially on the offensive side, you know, no, again, like we go back to it, but no Jamar chase, no. And then, and then no, uh, Terrace Marshall, cause he opted out. And then we're starting two freshman quarterbacks that are kind of platooning. And then you got, uh, uh, no real number one running back. A lot of different running backs got touches, even, uh, I guess we need to learn his name. <laughs>
2: Trey, Trey
1: Bradford got a couple. Well, the tra- Yeah, Trey Bradford d- did. And he also got some work um, at like a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 27. I think Josh Williams. Josh, yeah, I knew it was Williams. I guess it was Josh Williams. So, like, he, you know, even he's getting some work. I don't know where Chris Curry is. Yeah, something's got to be In my,
2: on that. Yeah. In
1: my, it's kind of strange. Um, But anyways, you know, we're very, very short-handed. And – Seemed like you know some of these young guys were able to perform at least a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I felt like though that LSU, like the the players were executing it to that point, but the, the fourth and inches, I felt like that came down to the coaches, man. I mean, because later in the game they they tried something different and they got it. it's like you got you have a six five quarterback at that point. You telling me he can't. You can't just get the line to push forward. He couldn't just jump up and extend the ball over for a first down. Like well, I think what? he checked out of it. Oh, he did.
1: Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that was probably what they, I think he probably did what he was supposed to do, but um, you know, they, they, they huddled, they hurried up. And I guess, I think Alabama was just like, yeah, you're, you know, basically everything, everyone, everyone was kind of saying like, Oh, well, you know, he's six, five, like just jump over. I think they, they uh, pinched all the, like the, the tackles together and you know, yeah, like could he have still made it? Maybe, probably, but I think he checked out of it because he says, "Okay, well they know we're, they know I'm trying to do a sneak. Let's check into because that that's kind of what uh it, when they when you watched it, like he went under center. I think he called you know called something out that stood back up and and he leaned he t- uh, turned around to Ty Davis Price and said something. So I think he checked into into that like dive play." Maybe yep. yeah, bad decision. Maybe it's a freshman move. Maybe it was a coaching decision. I don't know. But um it's unfortunate that we didn't get it. I yep. always like when when that in that situation when you think they know that you're gonna go for the sneak, I always like a little a little like toss outside or something like that. Get everybody bunched up in the you know, expecting something right down the middle and you mm-hmm. kind of just try to uh, you know beat them to the sideline basically. But that's just me.
0: You only need a few inches.
1: Yeah. Can we but, talk about uh, the secondary, like
2: scheme, and kind of lack of energy, and having uh, Cordell Flott matched up against uh, Devontae Smith for the whole game?
0: Yeah, um, that was not yeah. Good. Uh, I mean, they, they just it looked like the same old defensive you know the issues that we've had all year, um, and especially going against you know, somebody like Devonte Smith, uh, you know, with Mac Jones throwing the ball, we made him look like, uh, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice out there. <laughs> they, there was just, uh, I, I don't know. They just, the, the fact that guys were that far ahead of our defenders. I don't know if it's just the year, if it's the, uh, I mean, are our players just slower? You think like, like physically, like the, can they just not run as fast? Like, it seems like everyone has had the beat on us and it's been, you know, just within our conference for this year, obviously, but it seems like everyone's just had our number with the passing game. Someone's always been just wide open. Yeah, I, you know, I, Scott, did did you
1: see? I tweeted about it, and I think Daniel, you had just missed it because you, when you came in, they just said it. So they're talking about uh, on the on the broadcast. the The sideline reporter was talking about Derek Stingley. You know, he came off the field. He got he got injured. Something something happened to him. He was fine though um he rode the bike for a while and then came back but um he was he sat out for like the first two plays of like a defensive uh you know a defensive drive uh so he's sitting out and they said oh well, where's Derek Stingley she said oh you no, know, he's on the sideline he's fine he was talking to coach coach o and he's about to go back in but uh I have heard that Derek Stingley played uh in new uh, Devontae Smith as a child, when Devonte Smith grew up in a meet. And so this is a very difficult, uh, a difficult assignment to cover him. So it's been very hard on him. I was like, wait, are you telling me that the number one cornerback in the nation is having trouble covering a guy because he knew him as, because they were like friends. I was very, I don't know what, I don't know where that came from, what that means. It's very disappointing. I was like, what is sometimes if that's that, real? Sometimes
2: that type of thing makes the players like go even harder. Yeah, like they sometimes it's like kind their, of a fun like, their like their thing. It's like, oh,
1: this is like back when we played in like Pop Warner. Or
2: like at the NFL, like if players from the same college are like playing against each other, like a receiver on corner or something, they'll like kind of go at it a yeah, little Yeah, and they'll
1: like joke around. I was like, I don't what 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 is going on? It was so it was such a weird statement to make, but um, I mean, regardless. I don't know, maybe he just didn't want to cover him because uh, because he's like, well, we grew up together or something. But, I mean, yeah, no one could cover Devontae Smith.
2: Yeah, because every time you see Mac Jones take that three-step drop and just lean on it and uncork one down the sideline, you're like, here we go again. Here we go again. And there's Devontae Smith like five yards away from Cordell Floyd,
1: just, just streaking down the field. And just
2: plops into the red basket and he's gone. <laughs> and you're like, oh, boy.
1: I don't understand also, like, you know, I don't know if it's you call it a sophomore slump, or you say it's the scheme. You say that the, the the coverages are different, the assignments are different. I don't know what it is, but I do think there's something different about Derek Stingley this year. He's not the. I, yeah, I mean, I, do you remember Scott? Do you remember that play in the Texas game when Stingley's covering senior NFL caliber wide receiver Colin Johnson, and he he, he like covers him all the way, breaks on ball makes a play on the ball. There are actually two plays. He makes a. there's one where he makes a play on like a comeback, like a 12 or 15 yard comeback route, makes a play and swats it out. And that and like, you know, stops the first down. That's a a true freshman playing his second college game ever. He does that. Then there's the other one where he comes up with the ball, you know, and, and intercepts it. And that's a, that was a huge play in the game. I don't think that guy you know, does that guy get toasted by Devontae Smith the way he does? The way his you know has does, where, where where is that guy? Is it, you know I don't know what it is. I don't know if he hasn't. I, if maybe it's just
2: that he hasn't. Um, what if Stingley was so scared because on that play last year when Devontae Smith raced past him for the touchdown, so well, he didn't want that to happen again. Well, that wasn't his fault though.
1: Like last year. At least maybe – I don't know. Last year, it seemed like they were trying to cha- – like they were yelling at him, and he was looking at the sideline talking to people, and then right. he ran off.
0: No, yeah, no. That's that's how I remember it. Like they were trying to check change, – change his coverage, check out of something. But, yeah, he looked at the sideline, and by the time he looked back, he was already behind. I don't know. Maybe uh, you could say it was uh, – no, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's the same player. Uh, I mean, he's obviously not playing with the same people anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Or if, um, you know, like obviously this season is drastically different than last season. I wonder, you know, if that, you know, how how that would play into his, you know, his efforts or motivations, uh, however you would put that. But I don't know. I mean, it's a different year. Um, it's It's definitely a sophomore slump as far as you know, from what we saw last year, but maybe, maybe next year it'll be different. Um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, like you, you know, you have Elias Ricks there too. It's like, he's, uh, he's been pretty impressive. I think. Yeah, I agree. And uh, maybe, but you know what, it's, it's, if you get beat time and time again, not, not that he himself got beat, but like if your defense as a whole gets beat, you know, you start to lose confidence in your, you know, your teammates. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's like if, and I've, you know, I've been there before. It's like, how much are you going to work that much harder? Like you you can't compensate for, you know, what other guys are doing. You can only do, you know, control what you can control. But at some point he has to feel like, you know, even if I cover my guy and lock down and have my own Island out here, we're just going to get beat on the other side and we're still going to lose the same way. So. I do think that, you know,
1: there's definitely a difference between having, uh gray delpit and jacoby stevens as your safeties and having jacoby stevens who it seems like is you know not that interested in in much of anything this year <laughs> and is really just interested in you know kind of making, you know, call getting this, getting sacks and playing in the box and stuff like that. He doesn't, he's, you know, he's never been a great pass covered, pass coverage guy anyway. And then having a, you know, kind of a, a revolving door of safety of free safeties. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe, maybe that's kind of the issue, you know, again, uh, I guess also probably an absence of Kerry Vincent, you know, starting Cordell Flott, who has been decent, um, but you know, he's not a senior, uh senior nickelback like you like you kind of want so maybe you're right you know maybe it's just more of the pieces around him but either way it's I think it's sad to see that such a such a uh, regression almost Mm
0: -hmm. yeah definitely um and I I don't know we we've, we've talked about this before it's just the the value of having these upperclassmen come back for their last year and, you know, LSU lost a lot of people, something, you know, they had to, they, they couldn't retain them. They'd, they'd expired their eligibility, but you know, a lot of others chose to leave or opt out or whatever. So I don't know if it would have made that much difference, but, uh, you know, maybe it's like, if, you know, if LSU could get a stop here and there when last year or the year before, maybe they could, you know, it might make a difference in not all, but maybe a couple of these games at least, you know, cause, um, I'd say four and three or five and three is a lot different than, you know, three and five. So, um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess we'll find out in the off season, you know, we'll see who, uh, who declares and who talks and, and, and what, what happens with all that. But, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't think any of us expected LSU to win, but, you know, we just wanted to see them show out. Uh, and for a little bit, they did. Uh, I'll be honest. I, after the second half started, I only watched a little bit and then I just kind of, kind of checked out because yeah. at that point, you, know, you kind of, it was kind of written, written in stone at that point. But. Um, I will say one thing that's kind of interesting and
1: I, I, I texted it to y'all while we were there, you know, you could tell, and I think this is probably the first game where you can really tell that all bets are off with this team. You know, basically the season's over, you know, we're not playing for anything other than just pride and for the love of the game and to beat, you know, beat the team in front of you, beat the guy in front of you. And I think that was on full display. You know, I think that they, that especially after the, I think the opt out of, of Terrace Marshall was kind of like the last nail in the coffin. And I think coach O is saying, okay, who actually wants to be here? If you don't want to be here, then leave, you know, okay, that's fine. Go. And if you don't want to be here or if you don't want to play, if you want, you know, then next man up, we don't care. Like, you know, you saw a lot of play, you know, it was, it was one over talent. I feel like, you know, you saw a lot of mixing in people who you didn't Torrey Carter had two, pa- he had caught two, two passes. You know, that's a guy who is a, is a uh, fullback by trade and kind of lost his entire position last year when we made the you know, the full switch over to spread yeah. and kind of made a name for himself um on special teams you know he had some some good tackles and stuff like that on punt team or kickoff team stuff like that but um you hadn't really seen him do anything since since then and now you know he's kind of playing it as like a little h-back slot uh slot type guy and he like i said he had two pat two uh two catches and then again you have uh you know number 27 williams uh have it getting a lot of touches and getting some getting some play. Trey Bradford getting some play. So you know it seems like they were just, you know, okay, everybody go in. If if you want, if you actually want to play, then go in. If not, we'll move on. We don't need you. So I guess that's kind of a good thing because I and I have heard from from some people um you know close to the program that there's been a lot of uh trouble in the locker room as far as just who wants to be there and who doesn't. I think you can see that you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take uh, some inside sources to be able to tell that there are people who want to play and there are people who they don't. And there are some people who don't want to play so much that they opt out. And I can see where, you know, at, in week eight or yeah, that's where we're at now. The coaches are like, you know what? Okay, we're done. And whoever, if you want to be, this is about, this is about who wants to play, not, uh, you know, all the little
0: the the foo-foo stuff right yeah and i think part of it also is you know just that at this point yeah you might as well just open up the stables see what you got maybe uh you know maybe maybe williams just you know shows out and just has himself a you know a quarter here and there and you know you i don't know maybe he's, maybe he's really good at practice yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. He's a, maybe he's like the the, the scout team killer
1: and they're, right. and they're like, you know what, let's just see it. Let's see if he can do it. And again, you know, and I like that. I'm glad I, you yeah. know, I can see where I think that sometimes, especially, and we'll, we'll get into recruiting in a second, just because there's been a little bit of news, but um, we, everything is so based on like the, the evaluations and the scout scouting and the, Oh, this guy's a five-star, this guy's a four-star, this guy's a, uh contender or, a uh, uh, you know, whatever doak walker contender we're gonna play him because he's got the big name but at this point when you're you know when you're three and five all that should be out the window it should just be who's who's actually looking good in practice you know who's 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 showing out and 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 shows that they still care
2: yeah just looking to reestablish the future of your program and set yourself up for success going forward i guess uh Going forward, y'all want to talk about this Florida game we got? That one might not be any better than Bama.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think it could be that much worse, though. You know, it's like if it, obviously if you know if you're looking at both of them, uh, you know, if if you were to predict, you know, who had the who else you had the better chance against? I think we'd all say Florida. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that they're entirely out of. Uh, I mean, a, a surprise against Alabama where they like s- s- snuck a win away at. That was highly unlikely um not impossible but just highly unlikely i think it's uh more likely or at least less unlikely with florida but uh you know we will be playing them in the swamp i don't know is it a is it a day game or a night game it's a uh, 6 p.m on espn All right. so it's a night game um but uh i don't know if florida's really faced anyone i know they played in beat georgia but um I don't know. Just the, the SEC East does not seem like mm-hmm. it's like its usual self this year. I mean, Florida does look good. I you know I give him credit and Kyle Trask. Uh, you know that just uh, just goes to show you what a a quarterback with you know good leadership uh, seniority can do for you. Like he looks so much better than he did last year, and he didn't look bad last year either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he, he gave LSU a heck of a game um and that was you know away so i i feel like they would have to look for that but uh i, I don't know i feel like as as the games go on well, we got two more games yeah i feel like the defense you know it's it is what it is we there's nothing you can really do about that we can expect some good plays here and there but overall we're susceptible uh i feel like offense though is like that's where they can just like they have you know they can play with house money because you know what do you have to lose at this point you know yeah anything that you wanted to try that you haven't done yet i'd say try it in the swamp i mean unless you're just gonna like i mean i heard they might be starting max johnson too so that just goes to show you that they're they're looking to mix things up and just try whatever at this point and i say go for it
2: yeah and the thing is that florida is the one that has everything to lose because they with one loss basically have to win out to make the playoff yeah um because I think even if they somehow lost to LSU and beat Bama, as unlikely as that is, they would not make it in as a two-loss SEC champion. I feel like the committee would favor maybe Alabama or Texas A&M at that point, uh, depending on how everything else shakes out. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy that we're basically facing the top two Heisman contenders back-to-back weeks. And then Kyle Trask, the comparison everybody makes is him to Joe Burrow last year when – The year before, he was a serviceable to moderately winning quarterback who just took the next step and became amazing. Uh, So, yeah, he's been lighting it up, especially. Trask has
1: no swag like Burrow.
2: That's true. You don't you don't see people like making Kyle Trask highlight videos, yeah. and like basically worshiping him on Twitter and stuff, <laughs> although that's kind of the, just the LSU
1: fan base. that Like they get riled up on everything. But. Oh, let me tell you, I mean, Burrow was a one of a kind. Get that. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, who, who in his who before Burrow could you say was above and beyond Burrow? Like they, there's not really anyone oh but i'm saying like in florida you could like in florida johnny manzo uh, maybe oh you mean for lsu right like before burrow it's like who could you compare to burrow that was you know of, of, of that level maybe yeah like i don't know Y A tittle or i don't know maybe just even just on if the you open group. it up
1: from like not quarterbacks like maybe Tower matthew or right um
0: right.
1: maybe odell like that right. right, like as far as like the people just loving them Mm-hmm. It's like
0: Odell, Tyre Matthew, but um, well, not only that, but just fresh like freshman year, Leonard Fournette, yeah, Leonard, but sheer performance, you know, yeah. like above and beyond. Uh, you know, there's no quarterback in LSU previously that has done it. I, 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 I venture to say that we probably won't see that anytime soon. But um, you know, like in Florida, yeah, they had guys before that, um, like you said, Tebow. There was a leak before that. They had a Heisman winner, uh, Danny Werfel. They had even their coach. Yeah, he was a Heisman winner. So it's like I think Florida has a little bit more of a, a history of, you know, good quarterback play, uh, you know, like elite quarterback play even uh, you know, even Tebow. But uh I don't know. I, I think Florida though, they 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 always have good playmakers. Good guys, uh, good skill positions, but, you know, they always have a good defense to go with it. So, I, I don't know. I, I think LSU really just has to open it up and withstand the offense as much as they can. I, you know, I felt like LSU did okay to begin with. I mean, I, I, obviously Alabama just, you know, once they went up 21-0, we knew we weren't going to stop them from scoring. We just we knew that wasn't going to happen, but mm-hmm. um, like, I don't even think we got to Mac Jones at all. That just goes to show we, just, we have no line uh on either side but that's that's what it is uh you know may, like you said maybe uh maybe Florida's due for a, a little bit of a letdown here they had one against A&M uh I really didn't see A&M as that formidable but uh, you know especially since we played them and they just I don't know I we I felt like it was our JV team playing A&M and they barely won
1: yeah I will say though for Florida, I think that Kyle Pitts is going to be a matchup nightmare for us. Yeah, like, it, name one person on our team who can cover him. Yeah,
2: because he came back from injury and hung three touchdowns on Tennessee. He's got 11 on the year and just absolute beast of a tight end. People think, obviously, probably number one tight end in college football, and the position becoming more and more important in the college
1: game. And, and it's just like you think about it, like maybe, um, maybe Jabril Cox. You know, they might, they might he might be athletic enough to, but he like, like he's a matchup night for nightmare for anybody. But when I think about our performance, like, you know, our coverage, obviously, I mean, you're not going to have cornerbacks or, you know, you might have a safety come down on him. Like if, but probably not, it's probably going to be on, uh, on our linebackers. And I do not think our linebacker play Cox has been good and he's had two picks. Um, But Damone Clark, you know, Micah Baskerville, they, they haven't been great. And I don't know if they're going to be athletic and physical enough to cover, you know, like you said, the best tight end in, in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, I think he's going to be a big X factor for this game. And I think that it's probably going to go the way we don't want it to. Yeah.
2: And then also Florida, their, their run game is not real solid. They lean heavy on the pass mm-hmm. uh, through Kat, uh, Trask to, uh, I think Kadarius Tony is this big matchup. Like he's super fast guy on the outside and obviously Pitts. Um, so really going to be testing our DBs, which has not gone too well for us in the past couple weeks. Uh, Florida also has a lot of strength on their DBs. They kind of tried to claim to be DBU for a little bit, but uh, between I think Marco Wilson and then Kyrie Elam has stepped up to fill in for CJ Henderson, who was like the number one corner or no, no, number two corner taken in the draft last year, Uh, so maybe a long night for TJ and Max, and so hopefully we can at least get something in the run game since we saw – Uh, the mixture between Ty Davis-Price and John Emery kind of go back and forth in Bama in the last couple games and Emery had that long run uh, to kind of solidify himself but um, maybe we can get at least one good guy there Yeah
0: Yeah, Um, I don't know but LSU as it stands now is a 24 point dog Uh, I don't know does that, do you think that's about right, or is it too high i don't i don't love that number too low.
1: um i i i was perfectly fine with the with the bama number it started at i think it started at 28 moved all the way up to in some places 30 and a half i took it at 28 and a half cash um i don't know if i like that well i mean they have been putting up a lot of points 24 and what do you think Daniel? 24 you said 24 and a half or 24 uh just 24 24
2: huh i'm not sure i'm kind of staying away from lsu right now not bothering <laughs> me that much Well, no, would be like what do you think about that number though i think florida by three touchdowns is probably fair something like 21 yeah uh,
1: i think i think it's right i think it's right at that i think that that number is like almost spot on which is why i don't love it the 24 number um but I mean, I think I, I could totally see a world where LSU gets beat 35, 40, 42, 45, nothing or not or, or 45, 10. You know, I, I could see that. So uh, if we go out and we have a bad game and, and Max or Finley throws a pick and, you know, we can't get anything going. We got no run game. I saw some crazy statistic. They said at the beginning of the Bama game um, in all of our losses, we've had less than 100 yards combined rushing. Like, in the Auburn game, I think we had 35 yards total between mm. everybody. And, like, that's just yeah, – I mean, yeah, you can't do anything. When you're got when you starting a freshman quarterback, and, you know, Joe, we probably could have actually done fine with no rushing game at all. And there were some games last year where we really didn't run the ball too much. Um, but he's just so good and so accurate that you just can't beat him. But when you have right. a freshman quarterback <laughs> – and like you don't run the ball that's you can't expect him to just put the team on the back like that
0: right and uh you know max johnson's tried his best to you know show his escapability uh but it just it hasn't worked out joe burrow seemed a little bit more suave in that area maybe but i I still think it just you know falls down on the line play kind of like how i said you know the uh the defense is what it is at this point same with the line you know maybe they could fudge a guy around here or there. I I don't know. They could try something different, but it's just, I I just, I don't assume that it's going to get better at this point. I I will say though, that I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe we catch Florida taking us lightly. I, I I don't know. That's, that's something you go out for because there's been plenty of years where you, you just look at the teams and where they're at when they play and you think, LSU's got this, but then you just watch the game and they just, they cannot, move beyond like a three seven point lead they can't put them away Florida just hangs around and then boop one or two plays later now they had the lead and they won the game and you're like how did how does this happen like LSU should have won this game so I don't know maybe 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 that could happen that's I'd say it's a possibility I don't know how likely it is but it's you know it's always possible definitely I mean we'll see um I don't have high
1: hopes.
2: Yeah, the only kind of good thing is that they actually did schedule the Ole Miss game for the week after, so there's a chance
1: we could end the season on a, in this, a high note there. In the season with a home win against Ole Miss, that'd be kind of cool. Um, if we lose, I think it's gonna be, that's going to be a bad loss. If we lose to Kiffin at home, I don't want to see that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how many people will be tuning into the LSU Ole Miss game opposite the SEC championship. <laughs> well, I'd imagine it'll be a different time, right? Probably so. I was kind of just – just
1: yeah
2: joke. the sec championships though is usually a day game
0: mm. so i right yeah i mean they they've played at night though i mean they have but yeah it's usually like the 330 it's, it's like a two game or yeah yeah two
1: thirty, three thirty eastern um at least i know it was last year i think and i remember i know i remember it being it's seven o'clock
2: oh, this year oh it is Alabama okay. versus Florida on CBS When is the LSU? Do we have an
1: LSU? They haven't announced the time yet. Yeah, (laughs) eleven a.m. Yeah, eleven a.m. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, jump into a little recruiting before we. uh, Yeah, well, before we uh, before we get anything else, I I did want to uh, check in with Daniel, who is our uh, senior recruiting correspondent uh, to, to see see if he uh, saw anything come across the news wires this week so uh, so Daniel why don't you uh, why don't you catch us up to what you saw
2: so in addition to the the bad news on the field we had a little bit of a rough go of it uh, in the recruiting arena as well as LSU you had two former commits for the 2021 class decommit. Uh, and reopen their recruitment. So those, the first one was Anthony Hunley, who was a, a three-star D tackle. And that was, I believe on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was four-star D and Naquan Brown uh, who decommitted as well, uh, I think a day later. So that brings us down to 20 players total for this class and so that you you really don't want to see losing defensive linemen, especially four stars. There's some thoughts and maybe conspiracy theories that these are some players quote unquote being processed. Yeah. Which means like a kind of a lower ranked player gets like asked, maybe go on your way to make room for a higher ranked player to come in and kind of take their scholarship spot. Uh, so the reason being we still have not got a commitment from five-star D tackle Mason Smith out of Homa, uh, who many have considered to be an L-shoe lock for a long time, as well as uh, in some circles, the number one overall player in the class, Corey Foreman, who we've talked about before out of California uh, DN. So those are two defensive line prospects who could take these exact spots and fill it like one for one pretty much. Yeah. And obviously that would be, a pretty huge upgrade trading a three and a four star for two, five stars, which uh, may be a bit of a pipe dream, but we can hope. And the only other kind of weird thing is that Mason Smith the other day said the chances of him and Corey Foreman playing together in college, they're actually really good friends. He said the chance of them playing together is 100%.
1: And that's been something that we've talked about a lot. And that, that all the recruiting people are saying, you know, it's, it's been known they're a package deal Uh and you know, you, if you get one, you get the other, it's kind of, and so people, I mean, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge gift for LSU if we can pick it up.
2: Right. And then, so Corey Foreman, he was kind of, he was actually committed to Clemson for a long time, then decommitted, opened it up. LSU and USC were kind of big players there. And then now like kind of one late breaking school, a bit out of nowhere is Arizona state Uh has been trending for Corey Foreman a lot lately. He actually took a visit there this weekend uh, along with, lsu four-star linebacker commit rajon davis mm-hmm. and so now people are scared that he's going to flip rajon away from lsu over to arizona state to go to herm edwards and uh their defensive ball there but that seems kind of
1: crazy to I, me I, I i highly doubt that that arizona state pulls in three five stars Right. Like that because, would basically
2: be like the old miss year when they got like four uh, or five stars out of nowhere. Yeah. And we
1: all know what happened to them after that. They get three, five, or four, five, six, five stars out of nowhere. And then the NCAA comes,
0: starts sniffing around, <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, that just screams strong ass offer, Like, Cause uh, how many five stars have ever committed to Arizona State all in one cycle? I um, would say I, I do like what Herm Edwards is doing. Um, oh, yeah.
1: No, no. I, he He's good. He's good. He's really good. Now, do, does that mean that they, that they're, you know, at the, at the level of getting f- three, five stars to flip from, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if I can say top tier programs just because of what, what LSU performance right now, but, you know, national programs, I don't think so, especially way out of state. Like, You know, I guess Corey Foreman is from, he's from California. So that's kind of their area. But Mason Smith going to Arizona. And where is, where is Ray Jean from?
2: Uh, He's from LA too. He's from LA. Okay. um, So
1: that makes more sense
0: then. But I I don't know. But you got to think about it too, though. It's like the PAC 12, you know, like is there really like a, you know, like there's not like a standout program at this moment. Like anyone could rise up at this point. So why, you know, if Arizona State's able to do it, then. You know, I think now would be the time because who, who's I the think best Arizona State is
1: Oregon? poised. They're definitely poised to be that team in the Pac-Twelve. Um, they have a really good, I think he's a freshman right now, freshman quarterback. Yeah. Um, who you know, they're very excited about they're excited about what Herm Edwards is doing. He's recruiting well. But I again, but I don't think
0: they're ready to take that step, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean they could, but I'm just saying like the time, like if there was a time where they could, it would be now because the Pac 12. Like there, it's there's so much parity there. Like there, there's not there's not like a standout team like an Alabama here or an Ohio State in the Big Ten, you know, or, or Clemson. Texas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't know. I I'd say if uh, if if that were to happen, now now could be the time because you know who who wants to go to USC? They they're a storied program, but they're like you know they're they're meddling at this point. Same Oregon's pretty much too. Um, Oregon's probably gonna fire their coach. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they, yeah, it's interesting because like Texas, I don't think they're gonna continue their flirtation with Urban Meyer, but they're looking at other people's. Mario Cristobal was one of the ones that, of the names that was mentioned, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, Oregon's not what it was a few years ago. I'll, I'll just say that. But um, moving on, I don't know, was that all the? Uh, that was all the recruiting recruiting juice we had.
2: Yeah, that was pretty much it. There's been a decent amount of commitments lately, but nothing of a super major note um, to LSU or otherwise. The only other thing is that Tristan Lee, a uh, five-star offensive tackle who's been like a top target of ours for a while. Uh, there's been a lot of crystal ball predictions in for him to Oklahoma in the last mm-hmm. few days. So that's not too great. And, um, and we need Lord a lot of offensive, knows we line need some
1: offensive line.
2: So if, if o could pull out something and get him back, that would be a huge pickup, mm-hmm. but not looking too great right there, but that's about all the news for this week, I think.
0: Yep, yeah. uh, I'll tell you what is well, well, I'll tell you what looked great this past week, and that was LSU basketball. <laughs> they, I mean, they had a huge win over you know, I mean, I would say in state rival, but I mean, not really, right? At, uh, see, Southeastern. Uh, they won forty. They won ninety six to forty three uh, in the home opener. Uh, they look great there. And then they, uh, and then you know they they took care of Louisiana Tech yesterday, eighty six to fifty five, improving to three and one. So pretty good. Uh, plenty left to prove, but at least if you're winning the the midweek in state matchups and you're doing so handily like they're doing, it kind of does give you a sense of you know maybe a little hope. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 freshman, uh, the freshman guard that they have, he's just, I don't know. He's just, uh, he, he just seems like the the real deal. Um, Cameron Thomas, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just, wow. Uh, I can't wait to see how, how the rest of this year goes. I mean, he, he only, he only scored 16 points this time, but, um, that's because everyone else was scoring so much, but, uh, just, a a good week for LSU basketball more to prove obviously, but you know, you got to like where they stand as it is.
2: Yeah. If you, um, if you want to watch Cam Thomas play, I would suggest doing it now because he's probably going to be a one and done at oh, LSU. Yeah.
1: Uh, so <laughs> I g- thought you were about to give us an update that he was going to opt out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he has one more game. Yeah. Uh, well, that'd be bad. But yeah, they're playing real well um, on I don't know if y'all ever looked at like Ken Palm, but he's like kind of the authority on college basketball. He has these like super advanced analytics stuff that everybody uses these days. Hmm. Um, but he has LSU ranked as the number five team in the country in terms of offense. Uh, Cause we've been hanging. I think our lowest scoring game was like 81 points or something. Unfortunately, our defense is ranked like a hundredth in the country, hmm. uh, but he's got him. He's got him 30 overall, which is about, reasonable for us considering we haven't played the stiffest competition but excited to see yeah i think they got one game this week against uno uh, new orleans and then a couple more tune-ups after that for the sec uh but yeah so good things for the the duncan tigers better than football at least. yeah
1: the duncan tigs they're back better than ever there you still, go. still duncan <laughs> still duncan yeah
0: well i think we pretty much covered it all so already right yeah, I think that's about it. Well, I'm
1: just I'm just looking at my fantasy team right now, and, and it looks like it's all gonna come down to Amari Cooper on Tuesday night football versus Baltimore. So let's root for that Alabama product to have as good a game as Devontae Smith did.
2: Yeah. Saints keep on rolling. That's good. <clears throat> yeah, they clinched a playoff berth. Yeah, they're number one in seed in the NFC
0: right now. And is it just does it just me or does it seem like I don't know, the Saints seem like they could be okay if they just rode Taysom Hill the rest of the way. I mean, obviously they you know, they wouldn't, but he I mean he he seems all right. He seems comfortable back there. He's got a little ball security issue like Sean Payton's talked about, you know, when he's running with it. But otherwise it's like he, he had some good passes. It kinda kinda reminds me of remember when uh when Tebow
1: went in for the Broncos? That one yeah, game. like a five game stretch. Yeah, and like he won the like no, they he played two games, I think. Right? No,
0: he, he had a he had a well was he had a, a few game stretches and they thought, oh my god, this guy's winning. Because he won he, one playoff game. And he yeah, won the was, AFC championship. championship. No, right? no, it wasn't. It was it was a playoff game against the Steelers where he like willed them to victory. But yeah. Uh, that was that it was the end of it. They lost the next game.
1: Oh, okay. Well, anyways, but yeah, I wonder, you know, it kind of feels like that a little bit where it's like, you know the kind of unproven guy who's got, got that dual threat aspect. He's kind of just getting it done anyway. You know, it's maybe not pretty, maybe it's not the best ball that you've ever seen thrown, but it's getting it done. I like it. I'm excited.
2: I think the saints offensive scheme, like Kamara coming out of the backfield and like Michael Thomas in the possession receiving game kind of suits him pretty well as it kind of did with Drew Brees in his elder age where he doesn't have to like air it out all game. Uh, And then him running the ball kind of throws a a wrinkle in the offense that we didn't have with Brees that allows him to to be effective in that way. But yeah, so it's still exciting to watch and hope they keep doing well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh I mean they're firing on all cylinders, but uh I think the Saints live and die with their defense. But you know, lately their defense has been playing really well. So I think that's been the difference, and that's why they're riding what is it, like an an eight game streak or something. Uh but they are atop the division. They're atop the whole conference. Uh all they have to do is probably win a couple more games and they'll have a first round bye, I would think. I don't depend on how everyone else plays out, but um, you got the Packers right behind them, who they had already lost to this year. But I think that's totally different. Like, if the Saints get a home run by, even even in you know the time of COVID, I think if they had home home field advantage, uh, you know that they'd be sitting pretty. They'd be sitting pretty.
1: If the Saints lose at home, New Orleans will revolt against Latoya Cantrell because if 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 like they play at home and like there's no atmosphere at the dome, and it's because she won't let anybody go inside there will be riots in the streets. Like I could totally see that being the being blamed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You mean like a, an angry parade in the streets? Uh, well, no, cause you can't have parades. So it'd be a protest.
0: You can have, protests. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah protests. Uh, yeah. That's, I guess you're talking, that's the mayor of new Orleans. Is that yeah. you're talking? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not hip to the, the local, the local politicians, but I, I just knew that's who you were probably talking about. Um, well, that's unfortunate, but I know it's like other st- other teams and other stadiums. There, there's plenty of people, but that dome sits empty. They could at least be piping in some noise. I would. Think. Yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know any uh, any final thoughts, guys, before we uh, we head out this week? I think it's about it.
2: Don't think so. Get your Christmas shopping done. Uh watch the Saints against Florida and the Saints. The, not the Saints, Elster <laughs> against Florida, Saints <laughs> against whoever they're playing, and that's it.
0: Yep. <laughs> Get that chopping done early and so you can sit back and relax and maybe watch other teams play uh, play college football unless uh, LSU gets invited to the uh, the Independence Bowl or something like that, uh, in which case we will have that pregame coverage for you right here on Talking Tigs. Uh, but until then, uh, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.